Welcome back to the Mail Right Show, ladies and gentlemen. Today's episode is number 326. John is stuck in with me almost 180 of those episodes. Unbelievable. And what we're going to discuss today is we're going to talk about how uh, we're going to turn one of the most unused, unrated pages that every single person looking at listening to this show has guarantee you everybody's got one and we're going to tell you how to turn that page into a page that actually produces you leads wherever you have it up so uh without any further ado the page in question is your biography page all right your real estate biography page your about page if you're looking at a website your introduction or cover page if you're talking about linkedin Every single one of us here has written different about pages or bio pages, everywhere from 150 words all the way up to, you know, 15,000, depending on who you are. So really deeply excited about this. But before I just jump into it and start to explain how people are missing the point with these pages, I want to introduce my co-host, for those of you who might be new to The MailRite Show, John is a WordPress development vet. He's got two companies, one of which is in the real estate space. They make an amazing real estate product that is, uh, uh, they are targeting at agents that have been online for or working for one to five years. Um, He and his partner are really good at numerous things, actually, but uh, they have a particular history with uh, Facebook and can answer a lot of questions about that. Like, is it still effective? So, Without any further ado, John, why don't you go ahead and finish it up and and, uh, say hello. Yeah, thanks for that, um, Rob. So basically, if you're looking to um, have a semi or full custom individual look and design for your own website, we do that on WordPress. And then we've got a host of marketing tools that can help you market yourself online to your local market, or we can help you run some campaigns either on Facebook or using Google local adverts. Back over to you, Rob. All right. So here's a statistic that most of you would not be familiar with. Uh, All I do all day long is look at real estate websites, and it is always surprising that when I share the reason that we decided to talk about this today, John, or the reason I, I suggested it as a topic, it is literally amazing to me. That every time I do a review without fail, every agent that hires me as we're, we're looking through their numbers, they get surprised by how many people have actually looked at their about page. It's always in the top 10, always. And sometimes it's as high as number three or four in terms of the most viewed page on, pages on the website. And I'm talking about big websites, not just small ones, not just somebody who has a couple hundred people coming in. I'm talking about websites that have thousands and thousands of visitors, and you still see the about page have be number four, number five on the website. Where it is that people have gotten that these pages aren't valuable is uh, a mystery to me. Because let me tell everybody here who's listening to the show, here's what I've learned after doing digital for 16 years. Wherever there is eyeballs, if you are tracking or looking at like a website, a website page, wherever there are eyeballs, there is possibility. So if you have a homepage that gets 10,000 visitors and you don't think anything is happening on that homepage, 
or if your website gets 10,000 visitors and you're just not getting any calls, messages, nothing, and you're like, meh, the website's broken. No, the website's not broken. You're just not connecting with your audience in the right way, which uh, is what we're going to talk about today is how to do that through your real estate biography. So uh, just out of curiosity, John, uh, how much time have you spent on your biography on, on your various web, websites? A lot more than he used to um, on my other business, which is WP Tonic. Mm-hmm. I, um, I have a video of myself and a brief outline about me and then my key team members. And on the Mailwright website, there's a, a re, the About Us page has about my background and uh, Adam's background. Okay. Uh, for all that I talk about this, I posted a blog post that uh, actually is, is coming close to ranking uh, on the first page for real estate bio, all right? But of Google. Um, but the interesting thing was my own about page, I hadn't touched in quite a long time and I'd been eliminating sections like I was a squirrel hiding chestnuts because I wasn't getting response off it the way that I wanted. So I just kept el- eliminating pieces because I felt like I was talking about stuff that people didn't want to hear. And I was. You know what I was talking about? Everybody listening to the show, John, do you know what I was talking about? Uh, the mind boggles actually when it comes to you, Rob. Okay. So I was talking about all the really rich and famous and successful real estate agents I've done business with in the past. Oh, I, don't, right. I don't ultimately think that past a name or two, anybody gave a rat's butt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they cared. And it certainly didn't increase response. So here's what I've noticed about my own channels and about my own mediums, because when I got into Inbound REM, I really had a chance to run for the very first time, John, with my own ideas about how I was going to do marketing. I've always been working for other people, consulting with other agents, always like a higher gun, never just doing it all on my own. And the number one video, one of my own videos that's, that's made me about $200,000 in contracted business is a single video that I did back in 2017. And the video is on my homepage. Most of these videos, most of the time are ignored. Anybody listening to the show knows this is true. John's looking like he's waiting for, actually waiting for me to tell him what the hell it is I did. And you know what I did? I skipped the jargon. I filmed the video in my garage with the garage clearly visible behind me. Clearly, I'm in a garage. My toolkit is behind me, this massive toolkit. And I just Oh, so said, you, you, you got a massive toolkit then, Robert. John, keep it clean. <laughs> oh, I'm just asking about you. I'm just asking about your toolkit in your garage. Right. You're the so, one that brought you're the one that brought it up. All right. So anyway, so um here's the thing. I talked deeply about why I was establishing Inbound REM. Mind you, this was right at the beginning of me starting an agency. It wasn't the beginning of my real estate marketing career. It was actually 10 years into it. It was just, it was just the beginning of me saying, hey, I'm going to do an agency thing and I'm going to build websites and, and do SEO campaigns that, that some of the real estate industry will be able to afford. And um, 
the crazy thing was since I stuck all to personal stuff, all, it was all personal. None of it was professional. I keep getting calls off that video because, and now drum roll, please, ladies and gentlemen, the most important thing that you can do. Thank you. The most important thing that you can do when you create an about page, the most important thing, it's not that you shouldn't mention professional. It's that your professional is a byline. And the main piece of information is who are you? John is a boxer, an entrepreneur, uh, uh, a cancer survivor, a um, uh, a guy that, that really is, like diligent, dyslexic. This is who he really is. So, and I'm really, I'm an alcoholic. I'm these, these different things. And I was raised by hippies and it's effect, impacted my whole entire life and every single business I've ever run was how I was raised. Cause I was raised without media. I was raised without TV and I didn't realize how impactful that was until I was much older. Now, when my, ever I, my life gets harder, ever I get in trouble, my, my go-to every single time is to pick up a book every time, no exceptions. I'm having troubles in a relationship. I go out and find a relationship book. If I'm, if I'm having troubles in business, I go out and read business books. Why am I sharing that with everybody on the show? Like, why are we do, why are we talking about this? Because the object of our about page on our own website, the object of most things, except maybe LinkedIn, which is a professional only site is to make a connection to the person who's visiting your website. You want them to understand who you are as a person. They probably got there or there will be plenty of other information on your website that will, that will clearly indicate your accolades. As an example, social proof. I have 50 reviews that are posted on my website. They can figure out who I am that way quite easily. They'll see that I'm super knowledgeable, that I'm this, that I'm that. But who am I as a person? That's what your about page who, is supposed to say. Who are you, Robert? <laughs> I just... I just... I just I just shared some of that. So here's what we're going to do for the second part of the show, because it's uh, we're, we're coming up on our break in a minute or so here. But the second part of the show, the wind up, if John still gives me the runway, is I'm going to start to give everybody the tools to do an exercise on how to get to this information, just like John just said, but who am I? And now I'm going to use John as a model. Now, John, truthfully and honestly, have... Have we discussed this at all? Have I prepped you in any way, shape, or form? No. You, okay. you would never do that. Okay. You ne- uh, listeners of yours, he never preps me about anything <laughs> on this show. <laughs> uh, and before, <laughs> if he ever did that, I'd be so shocked <laughs> I'd fall off this chair. <laughs> I, um, but just to finish off, um, I just got a couple quick Please. comments about what you've just said. Um, I, I think what a lot of real estate agents, what you've got to realise is just being proficient in what you do is great and it will probably make you stand out in truth and it's sad, but it's truthful. Just being really proficient and organised and doing what you say you're going to do will probably work, will make you stand out from the crowd to a certain level, even in 2022, right? But the thing you've got to understand if you're a real estate agent 
now in 2022 is your e-media. Um, your um, we've all through social media, um, we've all become a celebrity for three minutes. Um, what was that American artist that said that Warhol. Warhol that predicted that we were all going to be celebrities for three minutes? Ten minutes, uh, ten minutes was it? Um, well, if it's 2022, it's probably gone down to three minutes. Uh, um, it's the TikTok generation. Uh, um, so what I'm saying is you've got to accept that. you've To be successful as a real estate agent in 2022, you've got to accept that you can't be the secret agent, that you've got to be out there and you've got to build a brand and the brand is about you. So I think this is probably going to be one of the most important conversations we've had on this show for quite a while, really. Back over to you, Robert. Okay, with no further ado, listen, I will say this. This is free. I'm going to go do an exercise that's going to give me an example, not the only example, not the, not the way you have to do it, but an example of how to get to your story, the things that matter. Because I've studied psychology a lot. I've read a lot of those books mentioned in earlier in the show. And now... Unlike many other times in my life, I'm not proposing an idea that I have not tried. I'm telling you that this works. It's worked amazingly for me. All my stuff that produces results tends to be on the personal side. All the stuff that I do that's really great and glitzy and glammy and and kind of like the 10 ranked real estate lead generation companies and I spend 100 goddamn hours on it and like I get nobody contacting me. And then I do a little video saying, yeah, I was raised by hippies. And I get like 10 phone calls. So it's important. Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRite. It is a powerful but easy to use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no question asked 30-day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. Welcome back to the Mail Right Show, ladies and gentlemen. So I am going to run you through uh, how to get to a personal story. I'm going to use John as our case study. He has not been prepped. He is, we have not researched this. We have not discussed this in any way, shape, or form. He is a blank slate. So <laughs> you're not the only one that's ever said that. <laughs> so here's here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. Usually, a lot of who we become as as an adult has a lot to do with where we started in our life. So um, uh, I usually frame that in the idea in my head as zero to eighteen. It's not a matter of like that has to be the way it is. But then I I would usually say. So, John, um, you you don't sound like you're from here. Did you grow up someplace else? No, I was brought up in northeast London. Northeast London. So what what part, like what city was there? I don't know how they do it. There was a village or a name of northeast London? Boroughs. They're boroughs. Boroughs, a bit like New York has boroughs. Okay. Uh, um, Gotcha. I, I was brought up in the borough of Redbridge. Um, the nearest um, in a suburb, a commuter area called Barking Sides, 
which um, is northeast London. Barking Sides and Redridge, so northeast. Uh, and London. do they have? Do the schools in London work the same way that they do here? Did you have like grade zero through six that you were no. that you were in? No, not at all. We we, we have um, infant, which takes you up to seven. Uh-huh. We have junior, which takes you up to eleven or twelve, and then we have senior, which normally takes you from eleven to sixteen. Or if if you're going to do your A levels, you normally stay on to eighteen. So sixteen and eighteen is what you classify as high school. Mm-hmm. But we have no classification. Either you stay on at school an extra two years to get what are called A-levels, which are the, the main um, gatekeeper to your ability to go to university or not. Got you. So you're going to school. You're in northeast London. Yeah. Um, when, did you, when did you figure out you were had a learning disability? Never did at school. No. My mother had dyslexia and she um, was quite concerned about, she could see clear signs that I I was very adept at hiding it um, because I was a bit um, ashamed of it. Um, because as like all children, you just want to be like everybody else. And when you get an adult, you don't you want not to be like everybody else. Right. <laughs> uh, um, uh, so I, I was very astute and had all sorts of mythologies to hide my dyslexia. Um, but my mother knew there was a problem, so she she kind of put up a bit of a stink, and they sent me, bless their hearts, to a special needs for the emotionally disturbed children for two and a half years, <laughs> which um, which in a perverted way did help because the quality of teachers, um, the, um, the, the teachers this unit um, um, attracted were normally the most dedicated um, and they did, they did manage to teach me um, how to read and um, not quite. My writing still looks like a doctor's, um, but they did. They did help. Unfortunately, I after the two and a half years of observer of extremely emotionally disturbed children, which I wasn't one. I just had dyslexia, uh, um, but they really had some very disturbed children at this school. Uh, um, they sent me back to um, the normal education system that had induced the problems I was facing at the beginning, but that's another story. Okay. <laughs> well, that's that's an interesting part. I, I mean, you're, you're, you're saying that from an adult's perspective, mm-hmm. but I got to feel like you took away some lessons from all that as you got to adulthood, I've seen it, but I don't want to reveal it to the show. I want you to try to think it through yourself and, Mm. and kind of say, like, if you had to say, were those early years in, in North London being just, you know, being held back, being around these kids, you feel like they, they, do you feel like that impacted you? 
Well, like, obviously, yes. Um, in some, you know, I'm a strange concoction because um, a lot of people would say I'm, I'm very outverted. Um, I, do, I run podcasts. I'm on YouTube. I'm out there a lot. But really, I'm very introverted at the same time. Um, so it's a strange mixture. There's part of me that is very um, craves attention. And um, I'm not very good at dealing um, with situations where I'm not the centre of attention. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but in some ways, I don't like the attention. But what I mean by that is I'm not very good at coping in situations where I feel that I'm not, I've been put on the sidelines a bit. And I think, I think that comes from my childhood, basically. And it took me a while, um, which is can be good for good or bad, because um, um, I can be a bit, or used to be uh, a little bit destructive to get attention if it was necessary okay so for everybody listening what i'm what i'm running you through is an exercise to try to figure out how or what you might speak about when when you're writing your biography all right that's what we're doing um i'm not going to reveal what i'm doing as we're going on i'm just going to do it john's going to talk and then we're gonna we're gonna go back and take a look. Now this is zero to eighteen, and there's plenty more ground I'm sure that we could cover. And yeah, actually- I, I just want to say I think the one thing I learned through being a dyslexic, and this is not uncommon, is that I'm very um, used to failure, and I can accept failure, um, or don't let it. Um, I wouldn't say accept was the right word. I don't let it get me down for too long because I'm quite used to it. So um, I just get up and I just put my foot in front of another one and keep moving forward. So for the listeners and viewers, here's an interesting, another thing I've picked up from these books. Okay. I've, I've read lots of clinical studies. I've read, I've read <clears throat> guys that have studied uh, motivation and, and sci- like the science of the mind. A fascinating, fascinating thing about the human character is that people with minor disabilities, something that slows them down but does not stop them, tend to be far more proficient at going farther in life than people without. For the reason that John just said, if if your life starts off with everything's just bloody hard, like always hard, you're always failing, you get used to it. You get used to trying and trying and trying and trying and trying until you succeed. That's it. Whereas other people get hit in the face a couple times and they fall to the ground and they never get up. So here's what I heard you say, John. I did hear you say that the early part of your life was was wildly impactful. I heard you say that your dyslexia has been wildly impactful. And I would probably talk about both those things. And I would talk about them in the context that we just said. Being dyslexic has allowed me the space to persevere inside the business world because it probably played into it, John. It's a personal character trait that doesn't relate to business directly, 
but it probably does impact the fact that you started multiple businesses. You've been an investor. Oh, you might even get married again. Who knows? Oh my God, Barbie. I can't afford that. The last attempt cost me a small fortune. Blimey, those of you can't on the street see if I John did that again. just broke out in a sweat. Just oh, literally right now. <laughs> so these are personal tidbits about your character makeup that people would want to know. I always suggest complete and total honesty. I would also love the fact that John was in England, that uh, he's moved over here. I happen to know some of his other adult stories, but we're going we're gonna to pull that curtain back and go into mid-adulthood. When you're doing this exercise for yourself, you want to spend the most time thinking about how childhood experiences might have impacted your adult life because that is what you want to talk about on your real estate bio. Did your parents influence you? Mine did a lot, but that's just because they were weirdos that were never around. So. <laughs> Um, you know, it was like, so, so their actions hit me hard, but, and I became a weirdo who doesn't have, like has a big chosen family, but oftentimes spends a lot of time by, by himself. So big surprise, right? It impacts us who we become. So John, that's the first part of your story. The second part of your story is between 18 and 25, mid, mid adult, young adult. Usually yeah. those are our college years. Oftentimes many of us meet our first mate or spouse, however you want to phrase it. Uh, some of us start to have children and go off on that route. The ages between 18 and 25 are, hard, are, are the second stage of human development in our current society. And they tend to also be impactful, not as much as youth, but especially if you could go and you have a collegiate experience or something like that, it does still really impactful. So John, when you were 18, did you still live in, in London? No, I joined the British Army, Robert. Well, fuck. I didn't even know that. Okay. So you joined the military. You did that right at 18. Yes. Okay. Uh, and and you were a, like, in the Army Army or a soldier, or were you, like, a logist, in logistics? Did you see no. combat? Infantry. You were in the infantry? Yes. Okay. So did you do where did you deploy to? I had two tours of Northern Ireland. Okay. And I went to Penguin Land. I went to the Falkland Islands, not during the the Falkland War. It was afterwards. Okay. So you went to Northern <laughs> Ireland. Forgive me, my dates are are crap and I don't actually know how old you are, don't remember at least. Um I'm fifty-eight. Okay, so yeah, that's 40 years ago. Were there still, was that before the peace treaty with Northern Ireland? Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely, oh. definitely. Well, okay. we weren't at war with Southern Ireland. We were, it was, a, we were at war, not, well, I don't know. It was, colonial, it was on reflection. Civil unrest is what they would usually call no, it. No, it was Rebellion worse than that. It was a form of continuous colonization of Ireland. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's political, isn't it? Having said that, did you have any experiences from that time in your life that, that stay with you? A burning, I won't say hatred, a burning, um, I don't know how to put it. It's not hatred, but um, a dislike for authority and the British establishment. That bullshit is bullshits the English, the British people almost every day. 
Okay. <laughs> oh, so, you joined the you joined the military with with what sounds like idealistic youth, and then you and then no, you, I just wanted. I just like most people that joined the army. I just wanted. My father tried. My father was a war hero. He's uh, he won the military cross, which is the second highest. To it's only the Victoria Cross that's higher. And he he really tried to persuade me not to join. The more he tried to persuade me, the more I decided I was. And he was totally right to try and persuade me not to join. But um, being an arrogant, uh, 18-year-old arrogant little toe rag, <laughs> I decided to do it. Okay. <laughs> so, you, so you joined the military. You were two years, did I hear you say? No, I was in there for four years. Uh, four years. For five, five, five years. But I, after four years, um, the, um, they did allow me to. I had to buy my way out. I had to give them money to let them me get out of the fifth year. Um. <laughs> okay. My that- father. My father loaned me the money. My father's a reason. A, a pretty successful business person. And he let he gave we didn't he wouldn't give it to me he lent it said to teach me a lesson and uh-huh. I bought myself out of the army I, they they wanted me to be officer um, even they they were very supportive of my dyslexia given fairness um, they in some ways very progressive but the uh, officer the last thing I wanted was to be a British officer because I despise the British upper class mm-hmm. I absolutely despise them. <laughs> why do you think why why where did that healthy amount of despise come from? Because they are cancer. Britain could become an enormously great country again. It's got enormous strengths and possibilities, and it's held back by a ruling class. <laughs> okay. So who are tra- in my opinion traitors to the memory to the collective my family have lived in Britain for over a thousand years uh, I see them as as traitors to the country okay that's why Just... I came to America because I couldn't stomach it anymore so <laughs> which every single thing that we're talking about so I'm gonna take a beat but I'm going to circle back around to this. So all this stuff, your midlife right now, is, at least in this little interview and this exercise, it's sounding more impactful. Like you you did four years in the military, which, which definitely... <laughs> Most people don't believe me. But also I, don't, I don't bring it up because... And I treat it as a... I didn't know. I treat, it as a com- I treat it as a compliment that people say, well, you, you're not the Mirachi type. And I take that as a compliment because I don't... The last thing I want is people to think I'm a Mirachi type, which I've got no... Don't, don't take that as... Dis- I've got the greatest respect for those... I feel serve. like you're talking to everybody else. You know I don't take it any particular way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my best friend... Did, did a lot of tours in the Navy, yeah. and uh, he's uh, he's an old punk just like I am, and we both made our youthful indiscretions just like you did. We both thought we knew way, way, way better than everybody else. You get so tired of telling your parents It did teach right. me. It did give me focus, and it did teach discipline and focus. So there were benefits, but I... 
I think I could have chosen a, a slightly different path to have got those elements out of it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, we've learned a lot about John in his midlife. And and just for the sake of time, we I need might... to go for our, we need to wrap up and then go for buying this content. Fair enough. Fair enough. So when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be wrapping it up and I'll be doing uh, 25 to 50, let's call it, which, by the way, everybody, I hope you're understanding. We've now got a great biography ahead of us. We've got we've got enough from John. We've got uh, where we've lived in London. We have we developed a healthy disrespect for for authority. However, we also developed strong connection into discipline, strong Sounds like strong attention being paid to society, some kind of interest in engaging in. Because if you're going to get so upset, you're going to leave a country based on their politics. There isn't anybody in the world that. Oh, it took 20 years. I went into business when I came out of the army, and at 27, I had over 30 people working for me. Beautiful. All right, we're going to talk. More, we're going to talk more about that. We're going to go to our break, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast part of the show, John. If somebody would like to look you up, how would you like them to go about doing that? Well, if you're not being put off by that biography, <laughs> uh, go to the Mel Wright website um, and book a demo. And I love to show you what we do for agents around websites and all the other great things that we got as Mel Wright. Back over to you, Rob. And ladies and gentlemen, if you've just become fascinated with the interviewer in this in this conversation, you can find me on inboundrim.com. Uh, As I've indicated earlier in this podcast, I have now redone my about page and it is significantly personal. So I have walked my talk. And if any of you would like to see an example of what I mean by this, go to inboundrim.com forward slash about and you will find. An I'm, going there. I'm going there right now. There you go. <laughs> All right.